we're back. Another conversation on Talking Church. It's exciting because Lindsay, who mm-hmm. oversees the network, is here. And you are normally behind the scenes for the podcast, but you're on the yep. podcast today. And then Pat, you are here as well. You are an associate campus pastor at our Apple Valley campus. Yep. And uh, today is a fun conversation because we all have this in common, but we've all worked in the marketplace as well as working in the church. And mm-hmm. so today I want to talk about the differences between the two. There are a few. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there are some challenges to overcome, and maybe there's people out there that are making that transition, that they were in the marketplace working in the church, or maybe they're making the other transition. Probably if they're listening to this podcast, they would be coming into the church. Um, but there's there's a lot. There's a lot of differences. So maybe if you want to just talk first about what your role is, what you kind of do on a daily basis around here, and then we can kind of dive into some of the differences and challenges and fun things and life-giving things about working in a church. Yeah. So I, as you mentioned, am the network pastor, and it's an amazing job. I get to oversee everything that we do to help pastors external from River Valley, and I love it because we just get to help pastors achieve the mission that God's given them. So we do so many things like this podcast, River Valley Conference, tons of events, generosity accelerators, and it's an amazing mission to be a part of. Totally. Yeah. And on a uh, campus level, I get to uh, essentially oversee operations and what we define as operations at at our campus is connections, there's care, uh, it's the general facility use, coordinating all the events that go on in Apple Valley, which there is quite a few. Yeah. And for those who are unfamiliar, Apple Valley is our broadcast campus. So there's also, there's a lot of events like you mentioned, and then we broadcast out our live services from that campus as well. So diving into this, what for both of you guys, um, I remember when we hired you, Lindsay and Pat, you've been on the team recently as well. So they're relatively fresh in the last couple years mm-hmm. or less. Uh, talk about the initial leaving the marketplace and yep. what that went through. Because obviously you go, okay, there's different pay structures, there's different yep. benefits, there's different hours. Now I'm working weekends. Mm-hmm. Lindsay, maybe you start. Talk mm-hmm. about maybe what drew you to leave working in the marketplace yeah. and then going into ministry. For sure. I was in business for eight years before I came into ministry. And the main thing is I was called. And I was not a pastor, obviously, when I was in the marketplace. And then um, two years before I came here, the Lord really just started to turn my heart. And I did not know, would I actually become a pastor? What was that ever even going to look like? And so started the credentialing process and just trusted God with that. And it was amazing how God took me from the marketplace into ministry. This role opened at River Valley, and it was an answer to prayer because I knew I loved what I did in business, yet there was this stirring that I felt to be in ministry and to be a pastor. And yet I was like, God, I have no idea what that's going to look like. Like, I don't know if I see myself at a campus. I was part of River Valley Church and was like, am I going to do, would I be there? Would I be at Central? Like, what does it even look like? Were you a deacon at the time or? Yes. Yep. I was a deacon at the time too. And so then the Lord brought me this role as a network director, then I wasn't a pastor yet. And it was this beautiful blend of ministry and business. So I think that key really was that God leads you Mm -hmm. and he led me here. And then he had that perfect role. That was the blend of the two. For sure. Yeah. I mean, in in a a very similar story in the aspect of like how how I was serving at a high level in, Mm -hmm. I've been in business for more than you, but you know, I think it was probably (laughs) 16 years. Um, And yeah, just serving at a high level doing it. And I was in, in sales and consulting. So I found myself essentially um, being as, as 
streamlined as possible so I could do ministry at a high level. Mm. And, I, and then I also noticed there was kind of carried this sense of like, well, I can do both. Mm-hmm. But there was this constant tug on my heart of like, well, your heart is for ministry. Yeah, You love this church. You 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 love seeing people walk out their their potential in Christ, and I just kind of like, well, yeah, but I'll just keep working, and mm-hmm. and eventually, like like in, similar to your story, it's it the perfect opportunity yep. arose and conversations happened, and it was it was effortless, and it was a it was a, the timing I would say was perfect. That's as well. great. Yeah, yep. yeah, and I think that. There are maybe people listening where they are in that world where they're doing both, where they're working in business, mm-hmm. but maybe they'd say the church I'm part of doesn't have a full-time opportunity, or I still feel like I'm called to do this. There is a way. I mean, both of you yes. guys did this for many years to say, I'm going to serve. You know, your wife has been on staff for many years, mm-hmm. helping serve in youth and in all next-gen areas and really helping out at a, at a campus level. Um, ironically enough, I don't think I've I've talked about this to either of you, and I don't think Lindsay knows this, but... I actually called Pat right before we opened up your role mm-hmm. and didn't give you an interview, but almost was talking like, would you want to leave business and come yeah. work in this role? This role is kind of business and this. And I said, would you want to interview for this? And I remember we talked back and forth and then Lindsay had applied for it and someone else had applied. And so then you're like, you know what? I, I don't think I want to apply. I don't want to interview. I mean, she would have beat you out anyways. Right. But, no, um, for sure. Uh, I, I mean, I, I heard that she was up for it and I said, yeah. I'm up. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but I think it is, is cool that yeah. in some ways you're in a role that's operational. You're in a role that's working with the network that is mm-hmm. very, very business focused. So even though it, you didn't go right from, you know, working in that to being a kid's pastor, mm-hmm. say, that's totally different, you have found your spots and your gifts. And so I think that could be an encouragement to someone yes. out there that feels maybe, are my gifts valuable in the church? Yes, there are. We need yes. to stay operate, operationally focused. Uh, but there are some differences in remaining focused as ministry. Pat, maybe you start, talk about the biggest differences that you saw right away. And again, this is relatively recently that you you would say the difference from working in the marketplace to coming and working at a church. That is a loaded question. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd say probably, I mean, the, the biggest difference, um, I would, we can have all of the metrics, analytics, we can look at all the data, but when you put the Holy Spirit in the mix, it it's it's not as easily explained. Meaning, like in the marketplace, it's like, okay, th- you push A, you push B, you pull C lever, and you're going to get this result. And you yeah. can you can measure that, but I think within ministry, it's it's more of a range. Mm-hmm. Sure. And so that for me, that was the biggest difference of understanding. You know, well, no, no, but this this is a controllable, and this is the result we should get. But then when the Holy Spirit's in the mix and you have a congregation, you know, our size, it's, there's just a lot of moving parts that you got to be, you got to be happy within the range. And that was a definite adjustment for, for me. Totally. Yeah. I think the biggest, one of the biggest ones for me was the pace, what felt sometimes different, but in the best way. Would you say it felt slower to you from the business world? Yes, from the business world. I can be our translator here. My (laughs) heart sometimes was like wanting things to be done today or like yesterday, right? And because there was this sometimes unhealthy drive, I think, inside of me that was from corporate, like you're expected to have more done than you are possibly able to do, right? For the most part. And that doesn't, it's not a knock on corporate, it's just kind of how you run. And coming into ministry, there was like a breath of fresh air that I honestly didn't even know what to do with. Like, I was like, am I working hard enough? Is this, 
is this right? And yet there was this lift and then this re, almost this transformation of the mind, right? That the Lord helps us like, hey, if you breathe a little bit, watch what we can do. And in that, there's also this breath to see people for who they are mm-hmm. and to see their heart in things rather than the number or the KPI or the 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 goal. Right. And that was a huge shift that I am so grateful for and also did have to work a lot on. Yeah, there were there were just some business executives that said, see, people in the church don't work very hard. It's, um, <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> but, but I think that you have to work differently. Yeah. And I remember, Pat, we had a conversation, maybe it was a month into your, your role, and uh, there were some frust- frustrations. And I remember talking about, we work in the people business, mm-hmm. and there are some things that don't always make sense when you're working in the outcome-based business and coming from sales. It is, I my input or my output is a direct result of my input. And sometimes your input to somebody, you could deposit, you know, 10 years of relational pastoring into somebody and they could walk away. Yep. And you're going, oh my goodness, I thought you were on board. I thought you were discipled. I thought you were you were bought in and all of it's gone. So in some ways you you kind of have to mm-hmm. give up control to the Lord and realize that again, I'm I'm working for you, mm-hmm. but I don't control the outcomes. Has how have you managed that over the time working in the church of managing outcomes that sometimes you don't control? Yeah, I think um, I mean how I look at it is, is if you can measure it, you can understand it. If you can understand it, you can develop it and coach it and grow it. I mean that's that's kind of how I think. And so in ministry, that that still proves out, but the challenge can be um, when dealing with people or even in staff, like when dealing with staff, um, you can have a clear like, well, this this is proving out to be an issue. And the solution, like you said, the solution sometimes takes a lot longer and you have to be patient and you have to, you have to see kind of the, the heart of the person or the heart of the, the you know, the, the church we're at and, and make sure we are honoring people mm-hmm. and loving people versus in the business. It's like, oh, this person didn't do this yep. and this and this. Well, we're moving on. Yep. Yeah. And and even and we've seen that even in uh, in the volunteer space, mm-hmm. like there's natural tensions when you have a volunteer yeah. um, body as large as as large as our church. You're going to have volunteers that just interact differently with each other. They don't understand each other. And there's a frustration. Well, in in you know the business world, it's like, all right, well, one's mm-hmm. got to give. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, no, we we're not going to mm-hmm. remove people. So yeah, it's it's been really yeah. interesting navigating, helping people navigate, you know, how to how to learn to show grace. Yeah, you're not going to hear a lot in in corporate America. Well, they're doing their best. No, yeah. you know, right? but but in the church, yep. there is a reality to that. Sometimes on staff, but again, if they're giving their extra time on a weekend mm-hmm. to you to volunteer, mm-hmm. and they're actually hurting the body of Christ. Well, that's a very difficult thing. Well, I'm doing this out of out of the goodness of my heart. I'm trying to serve the Lord. Again, you you talk about all the things everything met with. You mentioned this at the beginning, the Holy Spirit being involved. Yep. We're serving God. Mm-hmm. Yep. Already there's a I wouldn't say tension, but there's a reality to who's right here in terms of what is appropriate to honor God. Right. Cuz on one side, you go look at the parable of the talents, yes. and a lot of people that are in business go, there we go, mm-hmm. yep. parable of the talents, this is amazing. But then on the other side, you see a woman who totally deserved yep. to really get put to death, and Jesus says, go and sin no more. Mm-hmm. He gives radical grace. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of this stop, start, stop, start right. of 
Sometimes God says, work really hard and give me a great return. And other time God says, if you've not worked hard, you've not given a great return, go and sin no more. Right. And so as a leader, yeah. you're now struggling with this tension of with the people that I lead and both of you have staff that serve under you, is this a time where I have a grace moment mm -hmm. or is this a time where I say, you're not giving a return on the yeah. investment of the the tithe money that pays you yeah. or the, the you know, what you're called to do in ministry. Can mm -hmm. you talk maybe yeah. a little bit about that mm -hmm. with managing that tension mm -hmm. both in staff and volunteers? For sure. Um, I think that's what's so amazing what we do in ministry and our, our, our core is to help people live into the fullest of Christ, right? Like that's what drives us. We want them to surrender their life to Jesus, but then to what does it look like to disciple them to live in the fullness of Jesus? I'm more on the internal side, and so with staff, it's been a really amazing process for me to see, wow, how can I look at this person not as someone who is doing all these things to achieve all this for network and to grow and expand and all these things, but this truth of, wait a second, if there's a problem, there is a truth that there's a greater depth of where this is coming from. And that compassion that you're allowed the space to actually pastor someone through is unlike anything you, you've experienced. And what's amazing about that, there was just a time the Lord truly asked me, like, are you pastoring this person, Lindsay? Or are you managing them? Mm. And I felt like I was managing them more than actually caring about what might have been going on underneath. And then the amazing thing is we see, no, 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 you have purpose. God's called you here. Let's talk about what is preventing you from getting there. That What, what do we need to get freed from in some senses of the, of even in workplace, right? And then you watch the Lord nurture what needs to be nurtured and then they start to do their job on a whole nother level mm -hmm. and they love it and then they're excited because they actually can do what they're doing and then we're working better and so this and this may not be the last place for them in the church either right their their mm -hmm. next role god knows and so how am i helping pastor them into that next yep. into their call and that is something that's just been the one of the best parts of coming from ministry or uh from the marketplace into ministry is that truth. Yeah, no, I think um, for me, it's uh, in the, like the development space and working mm. working with people, It what I have continually seen in my life is whenever there's frustrations, it's just a gap in expectations, communication. And so I, I try to look at, all right, did I not communicate clearly? Did I not set clear expectations? Because Sometimes in, in just my natural conversations, I'm throwing out ideas or I'm like, yeah, we should do this or, hey, maybe we can navigate that while making sure that my team or even volunteers understand, no, this is, this is a move we're going to implement or this is the timeline on it. And so being really clear, because if I'm clear in my communicating my expectations and then they, and then there's like, then there's not follow through, mm -hmm. well, then you're right. Then there's a, oh, let's have a conversation on like where, why are we not completing that? Why are we not hitting that goal? Because then you, when you're able to help develop them, because nobody wants to do lousy work. Right. Right. Nobody wants to. Well, do, maybe. Well, <laughs> most of the time. I mean, I, mean, I could think of a few. Right. <laughs> but it's like, it's, again, it's, it's, uh, if we are serving, and I guess actually that brings up a great point. If we are, we're serving Christ. Yeah. We're serving, we are trusted. And I've talked to you about this. Yeah. We are, we are entrusted with a with the move of god like mm -hmm. 
to steward that well. And so when people can identify or when we as leaders can identify, yeah, you're, you're not in step with that. You don't want to have this transformational process. Well, then maybe this isn't the spot for you. Sure. And I think that is, those are important conversations to have. Yeah. They're difficult, but we can't keep getting better and growing stronger if we're not willing to have tough conversations. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. That's good. Yeah, one of the things you mentioned, Lindsay, is even people's call as you develop them. Mm-hmm. Um, when I worked in, I worked at, at Nordstrom and um, the, the development conversation didn't really e- exist, which is ironic because it's actually one of the better companies voted on to work for. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, but I remember a manager telling me, and I said, oh, what's our training plan? Because I started and there was like nothing. I said, what's the training plan? And he said, oh, our strategy with hiring people is to hire people who've been developed by other companies really well. And so we hire, our strategy of development is hiring well, wow. which I actually think in some ways is good. But on the other hand, I'm like, okay, so if you hire wrong, you just fire them really quickly. Wow. And in some cases that's yeah. true, right? I mean, what... I know some churches, but very few churches are going, all right, we're going to fire the bottom 25% who you know, just to save money before our, our right. corporate earnings come in. What? Like that's, mm-hmm. that's totally unrelated. Right. But the truth is that there, there are companies that just, that's the bot. It's about the bottom line. Yep. I mean, yes. that's what business is. It's yep. about money. And so going from now, I'm not only developing you to be a great employee here, I'm developing you to be a great man or a great woman, great husband, great wife, great yep. sister, brother. Well, that's a totally different conversation and that's a lifelong journey. Mm-hmm. And so maybe even talk about in business, mm-hmm. losing people, knowing they're dealing with bad performance, they maybe got fired, even the communication on that versus being in ministry when somebody gets let go or when somebody quits, it's, I mean, even thinking from a couple weekends ago, praying over people as they're leaving, yep. they've been here, you know, yes. for 10 years and we're sending them off. I mean, you never see that never. in the business world. No. Right. It's like they're dead to us. Put yep. a dartboard up and it's throw darts in their head. <laughs> yeah. A lot of times, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you want to go? You can go. The Okay. You want to repeat the question? Really just thoughts in general about, about people that are – leaving, underperforming. We just think differently about mm-hmm. people when we're developing them over time versus they're my coworker yep. who is trying to get an outcome. I don't know if you've seen a difference in the church of mm-hmm. underperforming team members and people that leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, again, I think uh, if this answers your question, the, yeah. the, the difficulty with anybody... Uh, so in the marketplace, you're underperforming, you're out. Yeah. I mean, and I've and I've worked in organizations in yeah. in in sales where mm-hmm. we knew if if we were in the the bottom fifteen percent, you're out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I and I and in a, in, a, in when we were in the fourth quarter, and people knew they were in that they were in that relegation zone. Yeah. I mean, they were gonna. So you actually had a zone that you were in. I mean, everybody knew. knew the numbers. Yeah. Okay. I so mean, because you, you kind of just self-assessed. Right. Yeah. And so people would know, and you would see in a really sad way, like some people just give up. Mm. You would see some fight harder, wow. but yeah. you would see some just go, well, All right, I'm getting fired. I'm out of mm-hmm. here. And, wow. and so they would, they would kind of mail it in. And I think in the ministry space, um, when you have underperformers, I mean, you can kind of see that too. When, when you, as, as their managers, you encourage them, challenge them, maybe, maybe bring a healthy tension, which I think is incredibly important. Um, you will see some self-select and kind of go, oh, I don't think I can match this mm-hmm. pace. 
okay, well, the great thing about a mm-hmm. church body is like, well, there's a lot of different places in the organization because you want to care about the person. Yeah. But then you will see people mm-hmm. step up and f- perform greater and kind of right. going back to what you said, yeah. you see a stirring in them where they, uh, they didn't even know that capacity was right. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, you know, your, your dad gave a great teaching about capacity. Mm-hmm. And I think I was having a conversation with some of the younger, uh, younger generation, uh, which of course I'm still in. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but they were saying, well, I don't, I don't have much more capacity to give. And I pushed back and I said, you don't know your capacity. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I got into the business world, I was given four accounts and I'm like, oh, I can't keep up. This is yep. crazy. Well, when I was leaving, you know, I had 40 accounts. Yep. Yeah, that's right. I had no clue. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so I yeah. think that getting great, mm-hmm. you know, people with great potential and helping increase and push their capacity is, mm-hmm. yeah, that's is so good. That's so good. Yeah. Um, similarly, when I was in uh, business, also was in sales, was so green, so new, and then all of a sudden got handed one of the national accounts when I first started. And I did not, I, I literally asked, I'm like, why are you choosing me? And which was probably not the best like response when someone was offering me this opportunity. But then they actually spoke into me. It was one of, I had amazing managers in, in corporate America. And so I'm so grateful for that. And they spoke into me and they just said, hey, we see this in you. And it was an incredible opportunity to rise to that and be like, no, no, okay, Lord, I, I do believe I can do this, but I need your help, right? And so in business, I think there's this opportunity for that. And yet you especially as a believer in the marketplace, right? We have that empowerment of the spirit and yet you are driven by numbers in business. It's just it's just part of the process in the marketplace. It is about the bottom line. They have something, a, a business they need to keep afloat and there are sometimes what feels like very harsh consequences if you are not performing. Mm-hmm. Also is one of the things that the Lord started using in my life when I was going from the marketplace into ministry was for eight years, I felt like I was a number, right? Like I just... And if I wasn't that, or if I, I was on this plateau and it wasn't breaking that, there is a constant like anxiety you feel of, am I going to have my job? Because you know that's part of this process. And that's, I think, sometimes just such a bummer because then your identity becomes this. And mm-hmm. so it's something I feel like you really got to guard when you're in the marketplace, no matter what the the structure or what your culture is at your at wherever you work, is like, have I become the number? Am I driven by that? Am I driven by man? Or do I really believe God has me here for a reason and he's going to help me? And if I lose my job, my, my source is in God, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that in the marketplace compared to ministry, you really got to have that mentality, that sharpness in the spirit to say, no, I'm here and God, I, you've got me here. And then yet when God brings you into ministry, I love being a part of River Valley because our lead pastor is on mission to change the world. Mm-hmm. And so from my experience coming from, from, um, where I was to now, I am on fire here. You're like, this is what I, this is like the best of both worlds. Yep. This is what I've longed for in in business that I just never was fulfilled in because it was not fulfilling this greater purpose that God had me here, right? And yet, so in this ministry mindset, you, you have this truth that it's this eternal element. So, and the identity is on mission for Christ. Right. 
So yeah, just in that sense. And, and I think there are people too where, and, and obviously for eight years and, you know, for more than that, mm-hmm. um, you can find your purpose in, in spurts and in sprints. And maybe even for some, they're, maybe they're listening to say, I'm in the marketplace. And I, I've even talked to some pastors that say, I love the work that I do Monday yes. through Friday so much that I actually don't want to give it up. I don't feel yes. like I'm supposed to do that. Nope. I'm supposed to continue to be a pastor in my workplace, be a pastor at my church. Mm-hmm. But I, I, it's a gift that I can have. We've had people on staff that say, could I be a, a volunteer pastor? You yeah. know, there's somebody at the campus I attend that still works in corporate America mm-hmm. and he pastors more people than probably anybody on it's our true. team. And But you can do it differently. So I think it's finding that purpose. One, one thing yeah. that I've noticed too is... The way we treat people in general, especially around the time of tragedy, mm. something that business, I would say, struggles with is their heart and their humanity comes out mm-hmm. in, let's say, hey, my my, you know, father just had a heart attack and passed away. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Take a few days off. Mm-hmm. But then right afterwards, immediately they realize there's a performance outcome that I'm missing because they're gone. And I remember sometimes I had bosses that whenever there was something, again, my dad had a heart attack. He didn't die, obviously. Um, But no, take as much time as you need. But then you know that take as much time as you need really meant take a couple days and then we need (laughs) you back on Saturday because Saturday is the busy day. Mm -hmm. Um, What are some things you've seen in, and and then I guess on the other side, Mm -hmm. in ministry, we care so much about that Right. But then you have people where, and I've talked to pastors about this. Uh, I was golfing the other day, and a pastor shared, hey, I have a staff member who is dealing with a very personal issue, but they're now really starting to mm. be gone all the time. They're taking a salary. They're, it's so difficult. Now you have the tension on the other side to right. where you don't want to say they're milking it, but they're not mm-hmm. giving a return on right. what we're giving them. Mm-hmm. Have you seen some of that tension here even? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I think, um, and kind of going to that, that the story you just shared, I think setting, again, setting clear expectations of yeah. saying, you know, hey, we love you, but he, here's, let's let's build a realistic timeline of return. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's that's a hard thing. And actually going, I have a, a real example recently of, of what happened. So uh, we had a staff member who, who lost his grandfather and in so this a similar thing had happened when I was in in business I had a team under me they had lost a grandparent and I went to HR and said hey you know mm-hmm. what's what's do we do like can they get days off and they're like there's a grandparent like wow you know uh no yeah. we have it's we not have, immediate we yeah. have yeah because mm. this person had a presentation they had to do in a different state and it's like no no it was just a grandparent like let's wow. move on yeah. yeah so I had that kind of in my brain. And so when the staff mm. asked me, hey, I'm still really working through the emotions and this is really difficult now in, in ministry. And yeah. I said, oh, um, let me check, check with HR. Yeah. And the response from HR was, oh, absolutely. Yeah. They need to have time to grieve and to process. Mm. And, and you know, in, the, in a way, as much time as they need, we'll start with Mm-hmm. X amount of days, yeah. but if they need more, let's open the conversation. Mm-hmm. And it was such a moment for me to, to think, wow, like that's mm-hmm. that to, to have that level of care and concern because mm-hmm. if it's not, you know, your your wife is having a baby, and there are companies that even there, there's push against that of sure. like, well, you didn't have the baby. Yeah. It's yeah. like, well, no, but 
This is, I just love yeah. that in ministry, it's like, we should making, be like Europe and give a year off, right? For, yeah. Right, for exactly. <laughs> but in a way, it's like, it's, I just love, and I do love the shift to ministry of they care about the mm-hmm. whole, the whole body, the yeah. whole family. Yeah. The family unit is so important. Yeah. Well, in, in some, some ways, as, as you're ministering, you are ministering from your whole self, right? Yes. You don't, you don't minister from your professional outcome. You, you minister from, if you, I mean, if you're going to preach a sermon and on your way to the sermon, you find out bad news or, you know, my dad, even as a rule, he said, unless it's vi- like life and death, you can't tell me bad news on Saturdays because mm-hmm. he preaches for our broadcast mm-hmm. on Saturdays. So, so you can't bring bad news to me if it's bad, you know, mm-hmm. a, a bad news report from our country or a political thing or anything. Don't bring bad news because I'm about to share the good news right. and I can't be depressed about right. whatever that is. Uh, but then on the other mm-hmm. side of it, you have understanding expectations and realizing that if they can't grieve properly, they're not going to be able to minister well. Oh, and right. the seeds of, yeah, the seeds of bitterness and frustration yeah. that, that step in where, yeah, if you, for me, I always, I, I've always said if, if I love and trust my leader, yeah, everything else will fall into place. Mm-hmm. And, um, when leadership isn't, when, when a leadership isn't behind something like that, making sure that their, their team is healthy. I mean, that just immediately starts showing, you know, sowing seeds of disunity, frustration, and then you're not getting their best effort. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they, when there is a moment where it's like, Hey, we need you for this. If they're not feeling supported, they're going to lean towards, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not available. Right. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're not going to go that excellent mile. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, absolutely, and I think it's practicing what we preach. And even even this morning when we're recording this, uh, Josh is on vacation, and I sent a Slack message, and he liked it. And I texted him and his wife, <laughs> and I said, "Bella, Josh is on vacation. He needs to turn his Slack off." <laughs> and again, maybe there's a a, a totally right. detrimental issue that he has to get to. That again, we're not. It's not our vacation isn't our God, but we mm. believe in rest and we believe mm-hmm. that time with his family is valuable. Right. Um, but in, in the same way, it's it's knowing and discerning the person, mm-hmm. right? I think if to some people, if you say give as much uh, or take as much time as you need, they might go, okay, yeah. sure. Right. Versus, hey, take a week and then let's reassess. Mm-hmm. That can be healthy. But then on the other side of it, if you're hiring people that you're worried about to take too much time for bereavement, Maybe they're not the right people to Correct. be on your team. Right. And again, if they're younger and they need to be coached, there's yep. been plenty of times in in my development or in our team's development mm-hmm. where you have to say, hey, just so you know, you can't just do that or no, you don't need to take sick time for that thing. It's all good. And there's teachable moments. Um, an- another thing that I think is a challenge, Lindsay, and this is something we've talked about as well, the lead pastor. Mm-hmm. There's a tension because there is – this is my pastor mm-hmm. for a lot of people who work at the church. They used to attend the church. Yeah. And so they see this person as their pastor. Again, for me, it's always been dad. But mm-hmm. uh, as somebody who this was my pastor before my boss, I want to serve them in a way. But not everyone sees it that way. Some people, sure. that they weren't their pastor before boss. They come from a different organization. Mm-hmm. Maybe talk a little bit about those tensions that you've had to balance when, hey, Pastor Rob wants this. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's, oh, sorry, we can't get that. Mm-hmm. Oh, or other times it's, sure. we have to get this done this second. And it's, yeah. no, that's not what he meant. Talk right. about some of those tensions. Yeah, and, for sure. Well, our lead pastor, and I mean this truly, not trying to say anything to appease him, but he, the most beautiful thing, and I tell people this all the time when I came from being a part of this church into being on staff at the church, is Pastor Rob 
was exactly the same. So it helps that our lead pastor is authentic and he is full of integrity. And so if anything, I got to know him honestly more, especially in this role in the yeah. network. I travel with him with alongside you and our team um, almost on a monthly basis for yeah. our accelerators. And so you get to know them on a personal level, which in some ways you maybe didn't before. And yet in that same vain, my heart was like, well, how can I most honor him? Because here we are and okay, he, he wants this and we're maybe in, in the middle of an event and he sends a note and then I want to make it happen right then because mm -hmm. he's our lead pastor, right? And I want to um, just help that out. And then what we had to work through was really just understanding what's immediate what can we take a note of for to talk about when we get back and what is something that maybe we just have a difference of opinion and we can talk about that um i would say they land mainly on the first two of the immediate versus yeah do you have a lot of difference of opinions? no not at all really Anything but you need to talk about <laughs> no but it's just but it's there's a reality to that yeah. too because there may be our lead path or maybe you do have a difference of opinion with lead right. pastor that you would have to come back around to um but i think that just that that transition of okay i want to honor my lead pastor and working with you, Logan, has been so helpful to then understand what what is the expectation and how can we make that happen? Yeah, and I'm kind of a cheat code a little bit because being my father's son and right. for any pastor's kids out there, I would just say, use it to your advantage, not for your own sake, mm -hmm. but for the sake of others. Mm -hmm. Because for me, I feel my role in the organization is to help what he wants to get done be accomplished, but then also what the team feels in their heart to get communicated appropriately and at yeah. the right time right. to to Pastor Rob. Because yeah. there can be, just like you mentioned, hey, I want this done. Mm -hmm. Well, what I know based on the conversation I just had with him in the car is yes. he's saying, I want this to get done when it can get done. Like, mm -hmm. let's fit it into the schedule. Mm -hmm. But sometimes people think that means we have to drop yes. everything. We have to get it. We have yeah. to change our whole plans. Yep. Or the other side, they go, well, he says we got to get things yeah. done a lot, and then it never gets done. Mm -hmm. And so really my job, I feel like, is trying to translate mm -hmm. the appropriate timeline. And again, not that just pastors' kids can do that. I think great assistants can do that. People with high emotional intelligence mm -hmm. can ask the right questions. Hey, can you, to your point on clarity, hey, Pastor Rob, we're a little confused on the timeline of that. Can mm -hmm. you help us understand yeah, good. what the timeline is? Because it can't always be as soon as possible. Right. right. And yet, yeah. I think too, from a corporate perspective, like to me, Pastor Rob's our CEO. He's our lead pastor, yeah, right? But sure. he, and if I'm thinking from marketplace to here, if the CEO is to tell me to do something, like that's pretty much expected that it's on the on the desk by the end of the day, right? And you kind of, they say jump and you say how high, and we're just making that happen. And there's a mm. lot of, I think, um, really good honor that can come from that. And yet you also don't want a, 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 a culture where it's a, a threat or a fear. Yeah. And, but there's a healthiness to that of, Hey, I want, let's make this the bet. Like let's raise the bar for the level of excellence. Right. Yeah. And I'm not saying we had to do that here, but there's that innate part of me that I think was bred in corporate that it's, it's an expectation to be done as soon as we can to the most excellent. Yeah. And then what you helped do so well was it's also learning of a culture. Yeah. Okay, what does Pastor Rob actually mean here? And what does that look like in this culture as compared to where I was before? And so bridging that gap was a great learning experience and a healthy one. And yet this 
the the sense of urgency I think that sometimes comes with that for your lead pastor or whomever is a really good thing to have yeah. and not lose. Yeah, and, and I would say to piggyback off that, the thing that I see more is the people who've been on our team the longest, they typically ask the, those questions. Hey, awesome that Pastor Rob said that. Mm -hmm. Can you help me understand the time on this so I can prioritize it appropriately? The people that are younger on our team, again, I'm generalizing here, but this is just from my experience, have often responded in one of the two extremes, either, oh my goodness, I'll drop everything I'm doing because maybe they've never had a request come from the CEO of the organization before. Or the other side to say, sorry, I can't. Mm -hmm. And I'm sometimes I'm shocked by that. I mean, I know it's my dad, <laughs> but I know you've come to my office several <laughs> times and said, uh, they said they can't do this and they didn't give any solution or anything. It's just, sorry, nope, can't do it. And I think there's that tension to manage, but our culture here, I say, would probably lean towards that way in, in trying to empower people, mm -hmm. but everyone handles it differently. Pat, talk a little bit about working with people who are younger, who interns, young staff, who, I mean, if we're being honest, Gen Z and younger, they don't have the same respect sure. for authority mm -hmm. that maybe Gen X did. Millennials kind of, but some Gen Z are like, no, I ain't doing that. It's not in my job description. <laughs> or like, I don't get paid. No way. Wait, we get paid for this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, um, you know, it's a, that can of worms is something I'm actually, it's, I'm really passionate about. It is uh, what I feel. This is solely my opinion. So if I frustrate some people, Hopefully I don't, but it's it's the challenge of, uh, we have probably the last 10 years um, culturally in the marketplace and in ministry, it's it's pointing, you know, you're a leader, you're a leader, you're a leader, you're a leader, no, you're a leader. Mm. And we've, we didn't, uh, you know, especially to impressionable, you know, those, the people that are now in their twenties, you know, they were 10 years ago, they were 12 and they're at that impressionable age of like, I'm a leader or they're 16, I'm a leader. No one, or I mean, it's difficult for, I don't think a lot of people under, explain to them, you have potential to be a great leader. Sure. And and then being able to walk that out. Mm -hmm. So I think that when you have people that are, you know, you're a leader, you're a leader. I think we're, we all have leadership potential, but maybe your ability to lead a podcast. I don't, I don't know that I have that ability, but I'm a leader in my space. Mm -hmm. And and it's helping people navigate what, what it means to, in their context of what a leader is. So with that, when you get people who I'm a leader, they can get this, this, um, unhealthy authority mm -hmm. or a sense of authority that when pushed against when now they have to follow, yeah, it's not in their wiring. Cause right. like, well, no, I'm a leader. Yeah. Mm. Well, so I think we've done damage to not, not creating great followers. And you mentioned something perfectly, which is, Hey, people that have been part of this organization, they know how to ask great questions. They know how to unpack like, well, help me follow your lead. Yeah. And I think we've we've lost that that secret sauce there of mm -hmm. of the teaching the younger generation. And I'm sure there are, there are great followers in the younger generation, but teaching them, hey, this isn't a a, a a shot at your ability to make decisions. This isn't a shot at your ability to lead. But this is a this is a moment where you need to emotionally and realize, oh, this is where I need to follow. Mm -hmm. right. And so I think that that's, for me, has been a big that's tension. Good. Yeah, and and truthfully, it it depends on how you, who you want to blame, so to speak, for that. But 
you know, John Maxwell talks about everything rise and falls on leadership, right? Mm -hmm. But what leadership are we talking about? And as we kind of wrap up this conversation here, thinking it's our responsibility to help, if we say younger generation, right? To understand what true leadership looks like. That being a leader, Jesus is an example of a servant leader, but being a good leader means that you are following somebody. Yep. Let's say you're at the top of the top, you know, of the you're the leader of a denomination or whatever. Yep. You're still following Christ. You're under right. authority. And that was something I was thinking about earlier is if you're the owner of the company, mm -hmm. you answer to the board. Yep. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times they're, they still have the ownership and they can do whatever they want. They can take as much profit as they want. They can pay their employees what they yeah. want. They can make any decision they want, even morally. They can do what they want, fire who they want to fire. You know, oh yeah, there's a lawsuit there. We're covering that up. There's all sorts of things you can do. But all of us answer to God. And I think a healthy leader is under the authority of Jesus and it's obvious to everyone. But then in the same way, a healthy leader who reproduces other healthy yeah. leaders is somebody who helps People understand, again, that potential is in you, but you may be a great youth leader, Yep. but that maybe doesn't, doesn't mean you'd be a great leader of a paid staff. Correct. Mm -hmm. But if that's all it is and that's where we end, then we're failing in our job. Yep. Here's how you can get there. Here yep. are the steps. Our internship program shouldn't be about how do we get slave labor yep. to do things for us that we don't want to do. Yep. It, sh it really should be about leadership development. And you can say you care about leadership development without actually caring about leadership development. Mm -hmm. You can say that you love people without actually loving people. It's true. Talk is cheap, right? Yeah. But the, the reality is if we're going to actually focus on developing leaders to care about outcomes mm -hmm. and to care about people, we have to teach that yep. because it is not something that just comes naturally to people. Generally, we're mm -hmm. gonna lean towards our selfish nature. Mm -hmm. And so I think it, it starts with asking good questions, but then it really looks at with the person that I'm leading and developing, what is something that they're that makes them excited? Where do they do well? Yep. Where do they not do well? And kind of pulling that out That's of everyone. Good. So. If you're uh, the last thing here, I'd love each of you mm -hmm. to just kind of share your last thought, maybe for someone who's in your situation, just recently transitioned mm -hmm. from working in business to working in the church. What would be your last encouragement to them? It's mm, a great question. I think my biggest question for them or encouragement would be ask the Lord, why did you bring me here? Mm -hmm. You gave me so much experience, like everything that God did in and through that, through me in the, in business, everything I'm using here, it blows me away. The amount of times that I'm like, oh my gosh, I learned this when I was just out of college and this and that and, and things that I never would have dreamed I'd be using in, in ministry. Mm -hmm. And yet God knew. Mm -hmm. And so there's this, you have been called here and everything leading to this point God has a purpose for it and you don't even know yet. Right. And so asking, Lord, why did you bring me here? What do you want me to see? How do you want me to lead? And how do I need to grow to really thrive in this call is probably the best place I would think to start. Yeah, I think um, kind of piggybacking off what you said, if in the marketplace you can lean in with like, this is my resume, these are my results, I have authority. Mm -hmm. And in ministry I've learned like, it's, it's utilizing your skill set that good. you gained in the marketplace because I've, I've realized coming in, and I guess the encouragement would be you're, you're going to, the first six months mm -hmm. was, was a lot of reassessing my expectations in ministry, loving it, but, but understanding 
things are things just flow differently. Mm-hmm. People, uh, you can have all of the best. Like in in the marketplace, my job was always analyze forecast, analyze forecast. It was look for patterns, look for tendencies, and that's my skill set. But bringing that into ministry, when I'm new to ministry, they're like, well. Let's let's get to know you first, and I'm like, yeah, but yeah. I have the skill set, <laughs> yeah. you know, and it's like you so, want to produce outcomes right away versus yeah, right. Where yeah. it's like I've seen this for for 16 years in the marketplace, and it and it translates to ministry. Here's what I'm forecasting. They're like, well, let's let's put, let's flush it out. Yeah. And I think so. I think the encouragement would be just just give yourself grace and and have all the patience but it is it is so worth it Mm -hmm. amazing well it's been an awesome conversation i'm sure that this has helped a lot of people who are making that jump and maybe even those who are uh been in ministry their whole life or been in business their whole life to help someone else that is maybe making that transition or even just understand a little bit more about people i always love that we get to do this so thanks so much for talking church until next time Mm -hmm.